Hey everybody, welcome to Applying to Everything, a show about our passions, the world, and where they overlap. I'm your host, Bruno Falcon. This week, choreographer, yoga instructor, and artist Sadie Lee and I sit down to talk about making art, dancing, and moving forward by being still. Enjoy! Oh my gosh. Well, it was amazing. I saw all sorts of things. Learned how to say some things in Swahili. Cool. Like I can say, Pundamilia nanyum punirafiki wanaishi pamoja. What does that mean? It means the wildebeest and the zebras are friends. They live together. <laughs> Which is true. Did you know they have like a symbiotic relationship? I feel like if I, I, there's a possibility I knew that at one point in my life, but that point I definitely didn't know. It was a new fun fact for me. It's because zebras have really good senses. Like they Mm -hmm. see and hear and smell Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And so they can tell if there's like a predator coming from far away. Mm -hmm. And then wildebeest are like big and have horns and stuff. So they're like intimidating. Right. They travel together. That is super handy. Cool. (laughs) And you were posting photos all over the place, which all looked amazing and lovely. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That seems like such a fucking amazing trip. It was so great. Mm. I feel like it had an effect on me that I'm, like, still processing. Yeah? Yeah. How so? There were, like, definitely these sort of strange moments that felt uh, like like going home. Mm -hmm. And I have never... I feel like I've never traveled to a place before that it was so easy for me to imagine what my life would be like if I stayed. Interesting. Which was surprising. But I don't want to move to Tanzania, but I was thinking, you know, that maybe it was like because the places that I went were so great or like the people that I met were so great and they were, mm-hmm. but I've been thinking about it a lot and I think really that it it maybe has more to do with me. Interesting. And like the work that I'm interested in doing and the the things that I want to do in my life, mm-hmm. but also, like, my current personal circumstances, sure. like being young and healthy and single and, like, my parents are in good health, right. so, like, I'm not worried about, like, being far from them sure. and, like, my interests and, like, profession, for lack of a better term, like, all I really need to do those things, the yoga and the dancing and the the art making and all that, like the only thing that I need is me. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm also really friendly and like, I, it just made me, it's just like I had this realization like, okay, like the things that I'm doing, like I could do that stuff anywhere, mm-hmm. like anywhere. That's that's awesome. That's a, like that seems like an exciting and also kind of terrifying realization. Yes, both for sure. <laughs> but I've but you know I've I grew up here and I've I went to Maryland. Like I've never, I've done a, I think for someone my age like a fair bit of traveling, but I've never lived anywhere else. Sure. I've never been away from DC for longer than like a month. Right. But I've been talking about moving mm-hmm. for like you know a decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna do it. Awesome. Yeah. Like awesome. for real. Like for real, for real. Like for real, for move real. Move to Tanzania or just move away from DC? Not to Tanzania, but maybe like uh, maybe Berlin. 
Or maybe, I don't know, like Columbia. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I I wish I knew. I wish I knew where I was going. Once I figure that out, I think I'll feel a little bit more settled. I feel uncharacteristically unsettled. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Have we started? It's recording, but <laughs> this is like the thing. It's it's fun. That you just sort of get reco- recording and get get into the rhythm. Uh-huh. Thanks for coming and sitting down and doing this sort of weird manufactured thing with me. Um, <laughs> it's almost like we're just hanging out, but there's like a giant microphone in front of my face, and I'm wearing these fancy headphones. <laughs> it is. It's basically like we're having a conversation, but there's a bunch of equipment. Yeah, the robots. The robots. <laughs> They're listening. They're always Ooh. listening. My God. I mean, but this time it's on purpose. Right. <laughs> Sub robots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yoga, dance. You are generally the most chill person I know. <laughs> um, I think that's actually a genuine truth. All of the other people I know. Yeah, no, I think I can say with pretty pretty relative certain certainty that all the other people I know are way more high strung. Um, <laughs> pretty relaxed. Yeah. In general. You keep it pretty chill. <laughs> Which is impressive having worked together on long term creative projects where other people's opinions end up coming in a lot. Mm-hmm. Very rarely have I been able to work with someone who can keep it as chill and grounded. Like you you do a real good job. Thank you. Just being super, super steady. Um, it's all the yoga. It's all the yoga. I think it's also just like my innate general disposition. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what got you into dance and what what sort of pushed you towards doing dance as doing a trade. Dance. I've been in dance class, you know, pretty much without a, a break um, for 25 years. <laughs> it's a long time. I mean, the way my mom tells it, mm-hmm. as soon as I was like sitting up, I was like, jamming Uh you know they would put music on and i'd be like undulating and like just you know like (laughs) dancing be i bet it was really cute (laughs) you know it's not like two-year-old sadie was like i want to go to dance class Uh but like i got put in dance class when i was like two yeah maybe two and a half for being specific (laughs) i don't know i don't remember it was a long time ago but um (laughs) i don't know i mean that was that like it was just it like it really was it it was a, this is the thing that I do, and then this is just the thing that you do. Right. And I think, and it's it's not because, it's not a thing that I do because it's the thing I've always done. It's a thing that I do because I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think a good way to know that that's true, because I've wondered in my past, not recently, but, you know, like, I'm, like why am I doing this just because I've always done it? But no, I mean, all three of my siblings got put into dance class when they were young, too, and, like. It turns out that, like, Zach ended up getting back into it, and Emma's gotten more and more into dance, too, though she's gone away from it and come back over Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael doesn't really do that stuff anymore, though he dances beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Right, so it's not like my mom or anyone was ever like, you know, you have to go to dance class. Like, nobody ever made me do it, but I kept going because I loved it, and I... Those early classes were at the... There was sort of... I, I think what it was was a program taught by grad students at Maryland, which is sort of funny because then I ended up getting my dance degree at Maryland, Mm. hence why I have to 
move away. My God. Um, But that was uh, what they call creative movement. Mm -hmm. So it's not really like learning steps necessarily, but you know, because you're just a baby. You're just a kid, like Mm -hmm. little little baby kid. So it's like, go across the floor like you're a cat. Go across the floor like you're a dog. Mm -hmm. Go across the floor like you're a bird. Um, This is what rolling is. (laughs) This is what walking is. Um, Freeze dance. Was it, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they put the music on and you dance and when they pause the music, you freeze. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, once I got to be maybe like seven or eight, I'm like, okay, like this is clearly for like young kids. And mm-hmm. like, I'm a big kid now. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to real dance class. That's when I started taking class at the Dance Exchange right. in Tacoma Park. Did the youth programming there up until I was 12. 12, at which point they stopped doing the youth programming, which was really tragic, uh, just because they didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, I would like to encourage all you listeners out there to support your local arts organizations. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, for the kids and also for the adults, like, we need that stuff. Yeah. And I remember being 12. I mean, that's honestly, that's the longest break I've ever taken from dance classes when I was 12 because, like, like, I tried other classes around, like, in the city, and, mm-hmm. and there was no place as wonderful mm-hmm. and as nurturing. You know, what was really special about the dance exchange, and, and still is. Uh, I mean, I was there two days ago. Like, mm-hmm. I still go with regularity to mm-hmm. that place because what's really special about it is, like, your voice, like, really matters. Like, people want to hear your opinions and your thoughts, not only... Do they want to hear them? But then you can take those things and use them to create. They take self-expression really seriously, but it's also in no way is it like about like navel gazing, you know, for lack of a better term. But like, you know, I remember being uh, like later on when I was in the like teen company, you could call it. Um, Like we made dances about like genetics. We made dances about... um, risk taking um Mm -hmm. uh learning how to drive like the concept of home like you know it was a way to like get really deep into some really interesting ideas that maybe like not a lot of 14 year olds are thinking or talking about sure yeah so there there was a brief pause in my time there because of the Mm -hmm. i wasn't old enough to be a teenager but the youth anyway I think they've uh, they've gotten they've gotten back into doing some of the youth programming lately, which is really nice for me to know because I think it's super important. But other than that, I mean, I took class there from when I was eight till I was eighteen, mm-hmm. and I am not like the most technical dancer you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like my ballet training, for example, is quite minimal, um, which is fine with me. Um, but like. I can improvise and I can take any concept, any chunk of text, any image, any Mm -hmm. detail from any room and like turn it into choreography thanks to the tools that I learned there. And so it's like just a wonderful way to process the world. And so it was never a question when I was applying to colleges. Like I remember other friends thinking, you know, like maybe I'll major in this or that, or I don't know, I'm undecided, undeclared, da, da, da. For me, it was like never a question for me or anybody that knew me. Like everyone knew like that I was going to get a degree in dance. Mm -hmm. Like what else am I going to do? 
some people sometimes would say like, but what about your backup plan <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, what if it doesn't work out? I'm like, well, it will though. <laughs> like, what, like, again, like, what else am I going to do? Like, this is what I do. This is my thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And I remember actually I had a, a boyfriend in college who was very wonderful. We're still friends. He's great. But I remember him saying to me once, like, something along the lines of like, it's so great that you're so into into dance but like when he was a little bit older and he was like when you get older you'll see that there's like more like more stuff to be interested in or something something Mm -hmm. like that and I remember being kind of offended like what like you don't think that's enough that's that's enough for me you know but you know fast forward to now and I'm like yeah there's lots more there's (laughs) lots more one of the things that's really cool about that is that you talk about dance as an expression and an extension of the world and you like dances are as not just as a not just as a an isolated set of performances or an isolated skill set but as a language and way of relating to space and to the world around you which is cool yeah 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 i totally obviously agree with that but as as I have gotten a little bit older mm-hmm. and I have like had other experiences and and started seeing a little bit more of the world and I've started to become really interested in and excited by the idea of learning more stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to learn more about physics. Right. I really, really want to learn more about physics. Like, I want to, like, go back to school and learn about (laughs) physics. (laughs) Because, like, I feel like it's everything. And I don't know anything about... I've never taken a physics class in my life. I haven't taken a math class since high school. I just feel like when I first really felt like I got the hang of a headstand, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like, the balance... And then you stack the, okay, like, I'm pretty sure that's physics, you know? (laughs) Or, like, how people can, like, stand on one leg and spin around in a circle literally, like, eight times, Mm -hmm. like, perfectly straight, and then stop, you know, like, you see dancers do sometimes Mm -hmm. amazing things Mm -hmm. like that. But, like, that's physics, like, for sure. And everything is physics. And that's really all I can say about physics, because, like I said, I don't know anything about physics. But, man... I would like to learn. I think maybe that's what my, my well-intentioned former boyfriend meant. <laughs> or if it's not, that's what I'm going to take it to mean because yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. And then like content-wise, like that's like technical stuff, but like content-wise, like the more you know about a subject, the better your art will be because I've definitely been involved in projects where we've attempted to tackle some heavy shit and just like, didn't give ourselves enough time and like didn't do enough research and like the end product felt less than or frustrating or like I just I don't or uncomfortable like I don't feel comfortable presenting work on this subject that I don't feel I have a handle on so that's what this this year's really been about for me is like figuring out how to learn how to learn more stuff I want to learn more stuff some of my favorite art is both multimedia pieces that take impressionist paintings of ballerinas and dancers and then map motion vector functions onto them and then move them in space so you can see what so like like you can see the vector function 
of a spin. God, I wish I knew what a vector function so, was. A vector, <laughs> very briefly, a vector is a, is a is a line is a line graph that um, is built around uh, speed and direction to help determine momentum. Hmm. And when you're talking about the way things move together, vector if you have vector multiple vectors moving together, you're able to determine like through averages of of their relative angles what direction and what at what direction and speed the uh the outcoming force will move in yeah i like physics a lot i'm pumped to learn more about physics <laughs> i like physics a lot and then i couldn't and then i got tired of doing math at multivariable calculus and was like you know what metaphysics it's like that but there are no numbers which is a lie because then there are numbers but i'm a big fan of the more you know about a thing the more you're able to bring that thing to other things yeah um, since knowing more about different things helps you to bring those tools to bear and other stuff, what brought you to yoga? Like, was it through dance that you ended up there or somewhere else? Yeah. So as you know, my my training and and my work is, is modern dance, verging probably on like postmodern dance, I would say. Sure. Um, maybe if you've never been to a dance class before, here's like the typical sort of basic oversimplified structure of what a dance class is like. You get there. Um, if you're at the dance exchange, you go around in a circle and everyone says their names, maybe like answer the question like, what did you eat for breakfast? Or what does home mean to you? Or like that. <laughs> just for example, sure. that doesn't happen at all dance classes, just like the best ones. So yeah, so there's like a warm up section that involves like stretching and like whatever. Um, and then maybe you like go across the floor doing things like maybe improvisational scores or maybe like leg swings or... Um, cartwheels or whatever just like some images for you there and then you might like learn a short movement phrase or a combination you might call it in the middle of the room that's sort of more like dancey dance and less of like an exercise mm -hmm. so my favorite kinds of dance classes are the ones that nothing really feels like a quote-unquote exercise even though you're working hard anyway rewind back to the beginning when you're doing the stretchy warm-up bit so in modern dance i've found my experience has been that that's often stuff that's pulled from um vinyasa or hatha yoga mm -hmm. so like if you've ever been to a yoga class or maybe even if you haven't but things like lunges or like um various sort of twists mm -hmm. or um downward dog is a term that a lot of people know mm -hmm. so you can stretch your um your legs and and stuff like that um so i had learned some yoga and like some a, a lot of dance teachers are also yoga practitioners or teachers so like depending on how deep into yoga world any given dance teacher was you might learn more yoga in their classes whatever so i learned some yoga through dance teachers growing up my whole life mm -hmm. I had gone to like a yoga studio maybe honestly just like once or twice by the time I was a sophomore in college mm -hmm. or maybe yeah a junior in college and so then the summer between my junior and senior year mm -hmm. I went to Bates Dance Festival which is in Maine which is the greatest I would love to go back mm -hmm. um, and I could maybe I will someday who knows what Bates Dance Festival is is just this wonderful experience where you go to Bates College in Maine, which if you've never been, is extremely beautiful, especially in the middle of the summer. It's it's just lovely. Um, and it's maybe, it's three weeks, and you can sign up for like four classes. And so each one, you 
go to Monday through Friday for three weeks, each one for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So I started my day um with contact improvisation with nancy stark smith who's like a huge deal if you don't know about contact improv you don't know her name but if you do know about contact improv you do know her name it's Mm. that kind of thing she's she's just like the coolest lady ever (laughs) it was it was like a dream to get to learn from her um and then the last class of the day i was like oh like it sounds like maybe it would be it it would be nice to end the day with yoga And I was right. It was nice to end the day with (laughs) yoga. So that was like the most consistent yoga practice I had ever had and in some ways still have ever had because it was an hour and a half every single day at the same time with the same teacher. Mm -hmm. And as part of the festival, like made a short dance piece that I showed at the end of the festival and Mm -hmm. my ridiculously supportive family um, drove up to Maine to mm-hmm. pick me up, but also to see the work. Yeah, they're ridiculous, but it's very <laughs> like I I understand that that's like so strange. I know that I'm lucky, so thanks, fam. But yeah, when they got there, they were like, "Oh, you're um you're taller than you were when you left. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> you know? Like they're like, you look really like you grew, and also like really good posture, and also like really strong. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Well, and at the time I was a dance major in college, so I was taking like two, three, sometimes four dance classes a day. So I was like, okay, so I've been doing that, but the new thing is the yoga. So maybe I should keep that up. Right. So when I got back to DC, DC area, I was at University of Maryland at the time. I was like, all right, I'll look around, find a yoga studio and see see how it goes. So I I found one on U Street. It was called Buddha Bee Yoga. Mm -hmm. There was like a Groupon or something. Sure, for sure. I think it was like $10, $10 for 10 classes or maybe it was like $100 for 10 classes. Either way, amazing deal. Yeah. So I was like, yep, cool. 10 classes, I can do that. So I did and then I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I took class a lot with a woman named Krista Block who mm-hmm. um, has since left the area, but she was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she was she was young. Like she was just maybe like a couple years older than I was. So after the 10 classes, I like, became a member at the studio and was going quite quite regularly Mm -hmm. um took classes with other teachers there too but she was she was my favorite and then also because she was she was younger and kind of like like fun and seemed like a peer to me but also seemed like so knowledgeable and like such a wonderful teacher that I was like oh like maybe I could do that meanwhile I've graduated from college Mm -hmm. like you know this is maybe a year into into like a more regular yoga practice off and on ish so so eventually I thought like okay well <laughs> honestly I was like teaching a little bit of dance at the time which I loved and still love but it's hard it's really hard it's right. it's really hard to convince people that they want to come to dance class sure, 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 um sure. even though like once people come they're like oh that wasn't scary like I thought it was you know like oh that's fun or like especially like in a modern dance class for all levels taught by Sadie. Like, I just, like, you can do literally whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. Yeah. You know, it feels good. It feels good to move your body and, like, anyway. So I was doing that, but it was hard. Right. And I was like, man, there's a yoga studio on every corner. Like, I could probably teach a yoga class, like, right now, no problem. And then I could, like, be a yoga teacher. And then I could 
not have to struggle so hard, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I could probably just do it. But then right. I was like, eh, you're supposed to get certified. And so, yeah, basically, I was like, oh, I guess you're supposed to get it. I don't know. And so I, I, I liked the studio where I was at, um, but I realized that there were enough things about it that that didn't fit with what I was interested in that I didn't want to do my training there. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't to say like no, nothing against the studio in any way. Like it's mm-hmm. great. I know mm-hmm. lots of people that did trainings there, and like it's it's cool. But um, when you're doing something like that, like you're going to be spending a ton of time there and mm-hmm. you're going to like theoretically have a piece of paper that says the name of the place on it. Right. And like, you know, you want to find the place that feels really, really right for you. It's right. my opinion anyway. Yeah. So I started shopping around and went to a couple different studios in the area and I walked into Flow Yoga Center mm-hmm. maybe a mm-hmm. little over three years ago. And like, even before I went into the class, just walking into the like lobby of the studio, I was like, oh, here, I, here it is. Here I am. <laughs> I found it. Um, and then I took the class and I was like, yep, this will do. Yeah. And then I applied for the 200-hour training and got accepted and did it. And man, I did not know what I was getting into. Yeah. Like. Totally different. Uh, not Not different. Not different from what I expected because I feel like I didn't even expect anything in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I, I guess I expected that they would teach me the names of the poses and the order to put them in, mm-hmm. which they did, kind of. I didn't realize how much, I mean, there's all this philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a whole way of life. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And A, I didn't know that, I didn't understand that it was going to be so much learning about that. And I certainly didn't expect that that it would affect me or my life or anything. Yeah. But it did. Surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, some of the things that yoga that yoga teaches or espouses mm. or promotes, you know, these ideas of living compassionately, practicing nonviolence, patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain reverence for nature mm-hmm. and the earth and like your fellow human. Some of these things were things that I was already doing mm-hmm. um, thanks to uh, a, a variety of things, including like my parents, my grandparents, like that's like mm-hmm. things that they taught me. And also I think it has a lot to do with having gone to a Montessori school when I was younger. Um, I was like my siblings and I all went to a Montessori school from when we were like two, two Mm -hmm. or three up until the third grade. And Mm -hmm. it's very, I mean, also something they teach in in yoga is like determination. Mm -hmm. Um, And also independence isn't really the right word. Self-reliance maybe is a way to think of it or dedication mm-hmm. and like you totally learn that in montessori school like sure, you have to sure, be sure. like what do i want to do today and then you're like this is what i want to do today and then you write it down and then you do it like you make your commitments and you stick with them mm-hmm. montessori school is great if i ever have kids they're totally going to montessori school <laughs> also through the washington ethical society which is a place where i spent lots of time growing up until i was 13 my parents were really involved and um like the religion of ethical culture 
is quite yogic, you know, mm-hmm. treat people as they treat people as you want to be treated and elicit the best in others, which will elicit the best in yourself and like the practice of being kind and fair, learning to listen, learning to keep agreements that you make, practice honesty. And then last but certainly not least, growing up at the dance exchange where like you really value the people around you and you value, you have a a high regard for yourself as well. Like this idea of practicing compassion that comes from yoga, it's not just compassion for other beings, though that's like hugely important, but also compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of that stuff I learned at the dance exchange or like was continually given importance Mm -hmm. in my time there, which is still happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I just learned all these like, basically like learned all these Sanskrit names for these things that a lot of which I was already doing. And then there's some things that I like wasn't doing or I certainly wasn't actively doing like the practice of restraint, for example, which is still something that I'm like figuring out or looking into or like I'm trying to be vegan because I feel like it's the most compassionate way to be. (laughs) And that's certainly a kind of restraint, but it seems like it's important. So I'm trying doing a pretty good job Mm -hmm. and that's like and that's part of yoga too and the me that signed up for this teacher training a a few years ago like didn't really know that so as you started to discover more and more of those patterns that had already started to show up in your training and in just sort of in life in general did you start to see other through lines in in the yoga that you were learning or start to see certain things come out more in the dance that you were doing as sort of an expression of entering into a new space, integrating new information in a different way, or not necessarily new information in a different way, but information that was being presented in a slightly different light into your work. So to put it simply, like, has my yoga education affected my art making? And looking back, you know, whether you feel like there are any concrete examples or if there are things that you've, like, tried to pull out of that, you know, things that you've moved towards more in dance or in other art hmm. now that you, you know, in the last few years as you've moved deeper and deeper into practicing yoga and teaching yoga? Well, I feel like there's two ways to look at the effects. And one is like content wise and one is process. Sure. So I'll start with process. And I, I do think that like the things that I've learned through the yoga training I mean, I'm still a student. You know, I go to class mm-hmm. as often as I can or feel like. Um, <laughs> and then I teach almost every day. Mm-hmm. So I think about yoga a lot. And I also hang out with a lot of people that do yoga and teach yoga. So I think and talk about yoga a lot. Sure. So that definitely has affected, like, I mean, you said <laughs> that I'm one of the most, like, relaxed people or I think you said most chill people that you know. And like, like I said, I think that's partially like just, you know, born that way. But also a huge, a huge concept in yoga is like an evenness of the mind. Mm -hmm. So like whether things are going well or not or as you expected or not or whatever to just like see situations as they are and not get not get too involved like there's a certain level of detachment Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. but i think that that having that practice in my life makes it like pretty easy to work with me um because i i'm not 
too attached. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like another another way to talk about it is like not having attachment to results mm-hmm. is a big a big concept in yoga. So like it's funny to think about like not having attachment to the results when you're an artist, right? Because you're making something that ostensibly you want it to be, you know, good, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that means, meaningful, mm-hmm. well-received, whatever. So, like, you are thinking about the result, but I think maybe there's some something to just watching it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, letting it happen. Like, you know, you you have your plan and you have your schedule and your concept but there's so many, often there's just like so many factors. You can't control it all. And so just uh, just that ability to like a little bit, not all the way, but like a little bit let go. It's like up to a certain point, you can make things happen. And then after you just have to let things happen. Right. And I think the yoga practice helps with the letting things happen. Mm-hmm. In a way, it also helps with the making things happen, like the determination aspect. Right. Also, it's interesting to think about like, attachment or non-attachment to the results with something like dance which is so ephemeral it just like happens real quick and then it's over mm-hmm. even if you get a tape of it it's not the same right. obviously man this is heady yeah um <laughs> <laughs> um we tend to get there or like you know another thing is um working with pointless mm-hmm. the last show we did uh was a was a like a enlarged toy theater mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. um and the puppeteers there were eight of us we did a lot of like kneeling sure. and like crouching and squatting and like leaning and crawling <laughs> <laughs> and i was very pleased to be given the role before at the beginning of rehearsals to do sort of like the physical warm-ups and this comes from the dance training but also totally from the yoga training that like i knew based on what was being asked of our bodies, what to do to make sure that we would be safe. Like both in terms of like what needed to be stretched, what needed to be sort of attended to, what needed to be strengthened. Like, Like it might not seem like super obvious, but like one thing that was really important in this show was like I had them doing core work. Like we were holding planks, we were doing crunches, because if you're sitting on the ground for a long time, the tendency to slouch is real Mm -hmm. um and so like i wanted to help folks remember to use their core muscles to sit upright you just adjusted your posture (laughs) you want to use your core muscles to sit upright otherwise you're going to hurt your back Mm -hmm. so like having that knowledge base is great for a for a physical process because i can help people stay safe and comfortable and i also was able to be like after the first rehearsal or two i was able to go to the director and say like hey um i don't know if there's time or space for this but i think if possible i think it's really important that we also get like five minutes at the end of rehearsal Mm -hmm. to do a little bit more like stretching out after like being crouched under this toy theater structure for like hours um and like he trusted me and agreed that that was a good idea and so then we were able to do that and so like having the knowledge base that i have allowed me to realize like okay like getting prepared beforehand is important but like getting sort of a cool down um or a reset is also really important and so that like i mean that's just like practically useful sure and then moving over to the idea of content 
I mean, honestly, it's kind of a struggle. I haven't really, like, talked about this with anyone, but, like, I feel like... Okay, you know how, like, there's this portrait of, like, a tortured artist? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're better at writing songs when you're sad, or you're better at writing poetry when you're sad, or, like, or angry, or stuff like that. Like, like, I'm okay, you know? Like, I don't really feel sad or angry a lot. Which is, I, like... I know, like, that's great. Like, that's not a struggle. Like, that's great. Like, I, and it's not an accident, you know, like, it's not, it's not, in some ways, I'm so, so, so lucky. And I recognize my, like, extremely good fortune and, like, my, like, privilege, all of this. I'm aware of all that. And I've also, you know, made choices in my life that makes it so I pretty much only do things I want to do. Sure. Yeah, so I don't have, like, a tortured soul or anything. (laughs) Um, Because I do spend all this time thinking about yoga and thinking and talking about yoga and and sort of the tenets therein, this compassion and also stillness Mm -hmm. and quiet. Mm So yeah, I I don't I don't know. I haven't I haven't practiced talking about this. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but like lately I've been having this idea for a dance that's like honestly just like sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like And I don't know what what to do with it. I mean, it's like an idea that I keep having in my brain and then thinking to myself like what? Like no, that what is it? What even is that? But I guess the real answer is I just don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how all of these things that I've been thinking and talking about, like, pretty consistently and deeply for the past couple of years fits in to the art that I want to make. I don't know what I... I don't know what I want to make right now. Yeah. But whatever it is, I guess maybe this is where the struggle comes in. Whatever it is that I make, I would love for it to somehow promote or be aligned with these concepts of like love Mm -hmm. and peace and like contentment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I wonder like, is that boring? Like, does anybody want to see that? And then I am also like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see a piece like that. I mean, I think, I think. Oh, there's one. uh, There's one. (laughs) I mean, and I think, and I think a lot of people would because stillness feels like a scarcity mm. right now. So much of what we see every day, so much of what we're used to seeing, is fast and moving. And I'm, I'm a, I myself am a great example of, I don't stop. You know, I have a hard time, like, I, I meditate, and I can, you know, slow. I can, I can watch my thoughts and get to a place where I'm comfortable there but even then even when I'm aware of like the the frantic choices that I'm making I'm still actively choosing them which is a whole different bag of cats but um, what? <laughs> is that not a thing I don't think it is is, is, is okay cool which is which is just a whole different thing <laughs> um, but I think I mean I think that I think that a lot of people are I I think that a lot of people are are seeking out that kind of stillness but I also can I can imagine that that's like that's a challenging piece to build because like that stillness is going to look different for everybody like the and and the i guess the concern is that how do you make that stillness engaging 
mm-hmm. long enough for people to then be still enough to engage with it. Hmm. The whole struggling artist thing doesn't help either because I feel like we've we've seen the art of the tortured souls and we're not going to stop seeing it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's never that's never going to go away. But I will say too that like obviously there's a lot of unpleasant things happening in the world, and in some ways it seems irresponsible to make art that doesn't in some way address some of that. Like there's no way to take it all. There's so much. It's really, I mean, you can't think you can't think too much about it cuz like it's <laughs> yeah. so like everywhere. Yeah, I guess there's also like a part of me that's like because I because I am because I am really like happy, you mm-hmm. know? I am really content mm-hmm. in my life and like and so then there's a part of me that's like what right do I have to like <laughs> put any kind of message out into the world? Like yeah. Like, my vo- the voices of people like me have been heard enough. I think about, I mean, with this show, I think about that a lot, too. From my way of thinking, the art's in the making. At the end of the day, I do this because, like, I, I, do, I do this because I do. Like, it's the, it's the thing. <laughs> I do it for me. Like, I do, it, I do it for other people. I want other people to engage with it. It's, 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 I drive a lot of joy out of engaging with people one-on-one but also the idea of having these having these conversations be engaging but i also feel like my voice voices voices like mine have been heard a lot but there are a lot of people who still won't listen to other voices Hmm. and my hope is to in like being honest and being upfront about the space that the space that we're all holding together like the the grand geopolitical landscape um sociopolitical landscape excuse me by 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 being honest about that and and expressing myself in a way that i hope to be compassionate and open and and ready to learn and also by bringing in a multiplicity of voices on a multiplicity of subjects to try and you know talk about how all of this intersects Hmm. if i if like if i convince one random relative who, who doesn't think that you know who doesn't who doesn't think that the world is worth saving for anybody but themselves or people who look like them if i convince one of those people even one that it is then yay yeah and if i don't and i just feel better about talking about it and get ideas then yay yeah Um, well and then you know there's all these things like oh like i don't have i don't have an interesting enough story or i don't like uh like voices like mine have been heard enough or like all of these things like then there's also definitely the voice in my brain that's like so what like, go ahead and do it anyway. It's what you love. And, like, I think the act of doing something that you love is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to have to have a person in the world enjoying life is, like, a good person to have in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I think art's really important. That's, like, a very vague, broad, sweeping statement. But, like, I know a lot of people, because I know a lot of of artists in the city and everything mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people who've been asking the question of like well like why are we even doing this like what's the point like what's the point of independent theater what's the point of like dance or or you know what's the point of spending all this time like writing songs or like trying to like book shows or you know what like we should be out in the streets we should be like you know, we should get a job with a nonprofit. Like, we should, like, be doing something. We should be making change. 
And like, I get that. Um, like, I understand why people have those feelings and those reactions and everything. But I think that art as protest is really powerful. And I think that art as escape is really powerful. And I think that art as a way of community building is really powerful. And art as a way of communication is really powerful. <laughs> so, so basically, like, shut up, Sadie, from 10 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> keep doing it. It's fine. Like, you're good. Um, Just don't make excuses. Well, and also, voices like yours have been heard before, but not your voice that way that time. Yeah. I also, I also think that when we stop thinking of truth as true, then you've got to sneak it in. <laughs> And that's, and that's what, and the beautiful thing about art is that you can point to profound truths that sometimes skip past language. Sometimes, sometimes art can move right past the whole words of the thing. So there's not really a chance to disagree on what it's about. It's just about this. Mm. It's just pointing at this and Mm. you can look at it and you can not like that it's pointing at this, or you can think that it's pointing kind of next to this, but like, (laughs) you know, at some point it's, it's, it's pointing. It's, it's, once you look at it, it's done its part. Yeah. I was just thinking about, I think it was the Friday after the election. Um, I went to a concert and, uh, it was really good. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't, I like wanted to go, but I didn't want to go. Like, I f- still felt so mm-hmm. horrible. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, you know, I mean, something that I said to my dad a couple days after this story that I'm about to tell you is like, there's a lot of work to be done and we can't do it if if you're crying. <laughs> like, there was definitely like time and space for despair mm-hmm. and then time and space for action. Yeah. And not just action like going to protests and going to the marches and like signing the petitions and donating to the things and like being out in the streets, all the things, but also action like living your damn life as best Mm -hmm. you can. Um, So I was like, I'm going to go to this concert and I'm going to (laughs) dance. And that was my 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 goals, you know, get out of the house, appreciate some some art and music, see some people that I like, have a good time. But then you know, there's like that one song and sometimes it just takes like the one song and then like you're sobbing in Comet Ping Pong. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Because art is like amazing. Yeah. You know, and I hadn't up until that, up to that point, hadn't yet allowed myself to like feel all the way how I felt Mm -hmm. about being disappointed and scared and like threatened yeah so sometimes it takes a song or a painting i mean people cry in yoga class all the time yeah <laughs> sometimes you got to move your body around a little bit and then you never know yeah what what, what it'll bring up for you one thing i i know it's i know that i know that the show's closed but i i did want to talk a little bit about uh, about dot sure i don't know where to start though because like Dot was a really cool show, and it was, <laughs> I think what was very, very cool, and I, I can't remember who in the production said this, that you said, said this, that it's kind of like a Rorschach test. Mm, yeah, I think that was an Aaron Blyden mm-hmm. um, observation. That that you come out of the show, you, you came out of the show in one way that you either felt like it was affirming or refuting your viewpoint, but there was very little agreement on which way it was going, and sometimes it was at some 
some point it was like this is a staunch commentary on trumpian populism and then <laughs> on the other side it was like this is this is seizing the means of production the proletariat will rise up um <laughs> so i mean i like i'm i'm just curious about like how you felt coming out at the end and also what's next for pointless oh well okay so dot yeah i mean so <laughs> so in that season we did um king ubu which is an old French play mm -hmm. about an egomaniacal, <laughs> violent <laughs> asshole yeah. who rises to power mm -hmm. against the will of the people. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, weird. Yeah. And then Dot like ended up kind of being about, well, depending on who you ask, maybe fascism or maybe the resistance or maybe... But the, the thing about the season is it was planned well in advance of the election. Sure, 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 sure. So, weird coincidence. Um, so, working on Dot was, was a wonderful experience artistically, you know, mm -hmm. getting to be, like, very technical and specific mm -hmm. movement-wise, working very, very collaboratively. Really, the other puppeteers and I <laughs> had to be, like, cogs in a machine. It was very mm -hmm. specific and precise. Mm -hmm which was super cool. But yeah, I mean, I remember at our first rehearsal listening to the soundtrack, which by the way is online, mm -hmm. www.pointlessleader.com. You can listen to it. It's really, really good. But I remember the first time listening to the soundtrack, like it did, it did have me in tears. Yeah, just this, this idea of like the system mm -hmm. and whether you think the system is a good thing and it falls apart, that's devastating. Or... If you think the system is uh, good as it is and then it gets totally reworked mm -hmm. against your will, like, also devastating. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what more to say about it. Mm -hmm. I was really proud of the show. I think it was good. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did they, I thought they did a... Does the yeah, live stream somebody, of the show still live Somebody up there taped somewhere? it. I'll, no. I'll see it someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way for me to describe to you... Sure. dear listeners what this show was like and that's one super cool thing about like theater and dance and sure. stuff like you gotta you got it's like really like you had to be there mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. so check out facebook and whatever see what's going on around you go see some art mm -hmm. don't be scared it's great you won't regret it what's next for pointless theater I, honestly like i don't know what? i'm excited to find out but i don't know i can't give you any <laughs> sneak peeks or anything <laughs> that's our episode hope you enjoyed it you can find out more about sadie at applying to everything.xyz slash guests and at facebook.com slash sadie dance yoga and follow her on instagram at sadie lee underscore dance yoga her next performance is dancing with heart stuck bernie at Past of Velocity DC Dance Festival on October 6th and 7th. Learn more at velocitydc.org. You can find out more about the show at applyingtoeverything.xyz or on iTunes and Google Play, where you can subscribe to, rate, and review the show. Thanks to Humble Fire for the use of our theme song, Mount St. Misery, off of The Great Resolve, available on iTunes, Spotify, and at humblefire.band, where you can also find their new album, Builder. I'd also like to thank Kiara Scarcella for designing our logo. 
Tune in next week for my conversation with Eric Glover about Superman, social justice, bringing stories back to basics, and the future of superheroes. Talk to you then.